Hello and thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about a great story of healing from the Old Testament, specifically uh, 2 Kings chapter number 5. And then we're going to discuss a little bit how that exact same story can play out in your life today. 2 Kings chapter 5 is going to be our, our base point to start the message. We're going to get a lot of verses together and get a lot of context and then we'll dive in to see exactly how this exact same situation plays out in the lives of so many people today. And let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you so much for all that you can teach us in your word. Lord, please help us now as we study it together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second Kings chapter 5, starting in verse number 1, the Bible says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, an honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel, and the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God? To kill and to make alive, that this man doth send to me unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so, when Elijah the man of God had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. And Elijah sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go, and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. Are not Ebana and Farfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them, and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean." It's quite an amazing story in the Word of God, and of course there's many things we can learn from it, starting with just the fact that this man was a great and mighty man of, of status and wealth, and, and he's just very uh, very mighty man, but, as that first verse uh, ends, but he was a leper. It really doesn't matter how great and mighty you are, especially in those days, if you are a leper. A, lepre a leprosy was a very 
aggressive disease. It was a skin disease that would, would eat away at your skin and it, it would kill you slowly but surely. And it was believed to be very infectious at the time. And so there were actually customs where if someone is a leper, they had to walk around saying, unclean, unclean. And if anybody got within stone's throw of a leper, they were supposed to throw a rock at them to keep them away from people so that they wouldn't infect others. So it doesn't matter how great this man was, he was a leper. And that is what was important in his life, his leprosy. That was what was going to end his life. That was what was controlling his life. Now we come to a witness, this girl. You think about this, this little Israeli girl. She was recently abducted by a foreign nation and yet has compassion on those to whom she is forced to serve and points them to healing. Now, I want to just point out an obvious fact here. Naaman heeded her advice. Naaman didn't say, well, you're just a little captive girl. He didn't say, well, you know, you're an Israelite. How could your God help me when, when we've conquered you and you're our servants? How could I get anything from your God? He didn't do that. He followed the advice of a little girl because he was searching for help. Now, of course, he gets there and and when the prophet tells him what God wants him to do in order to be healed, he, he's got a little pride. He's got a little arrogance. He's, you know, it's not what I expected. It's not what I thought would happen. And so I'm not going to go through with it. Aren't the waters of, of my country better? Can't I wash there? Can't I do it my own way? And the answer was no. He had to humble himself and obey the words of the man of God in order to be cleansed. Now, I would say, as I said in the beginning of this, uh, of this message, that all mankind has a similar problem today. Let's examine mankind today. Regardless of whether you today have the great power or wealth that Naaman did, regardless of whether you're rich in this world or poor in this world, Mark 8.36 always rings true for all of us. The Bible says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And that brings us to the problem. The problem today is not uh, leprosy, at least not for me. I hope not for you. The problem for all mankind today is sin. Sin is a sickness far worse than leprosy because sin does not just separate us from those we love like leprosy would have with its contagiousness. And it does not just take away our life here on this earth, but it separates us from God and, and puts us in hell for eternity. Sin brings it with it consequences of death and if we die while in our sinful state, God cannot allow us into heaven. We will spend eternity in hell and the lake of fire. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10 says, that As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. How can God say that all mankind has sinned? Well, what is sin? 1 John 3.4 says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is transgression of the law. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth, knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So sin is simply breaking God's law or refusing to do what we ought to do when we ought to do it. You think about lying, stealing, impure thoughts, jealousy, pride, gossip. All these things are sins, as is the refusal to step in and do what is right. And so the most, only the most arrogant person in the world would say, Well, I've never sinned when they consider what sin actually is. They may be better than others. They may be better than you or I, but they're not better than God. God is sinless and perfect. And in order to be with God for eternity, we have to also be sinless and perfect. And the problem is we are all 
sinners. Now, I hope in your life that you've had a witness like that little girl was to Naaman and his wife. Uh, All Christians ought to be telling others of the Christ who heals from sin. Uh, In fact, the very last thing Christ said on this earth before his ascension is found in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And the Bible reads, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. The very last thing Christ commanded was to go and tell other people about him. I hope that that you have had somebody witness to you about Jesus Christ before, but if not, I'm going to do it right now. You've got a witness in your life. The servant girl in Naaman's house, she knew God. She knew the prophet of God. She knew that only her God could help Naaman, and she told them exactly that. Now, consider her circumstance. She is a young girl. She is a slave. And Naaman is a Syrian, and the Syrians, they had their own gods. They had their own false gods to seek help from. You could, you could just see I mean, the things, the logical way that you would kind of get out of doing any kind of witnessing would be, well, they have their own gods, who am I to interfere? Uh, well, Naaman, you know, he's not going to want to hear from me because I'm just a servant girl. Well, Naaman's not going to want to take my advice because after all, our God didn't save us from the Syrians. And so why would they think that our God could save them? And so you could see all those things, but she just knew in her heart, I have a God that is the true and living God, and I know that he is this man's only hope of being saved from this leprosy. And so she told the truth. Now, the search, I would say, you know, Naaman, he he obeyed, he listened to the witness, and he went forth and he searched out that prophet. Uh, It doesn't the witness doesn't do any good if nobody heeds the call, if nobody heeds the witness, if nobody listens to the message. Um, so we still need to get the message out. We still need to keep witnessing for that one that might listen. But it doesn't benefit you if you ignore it. I can, kill, I can tell you the truth, but a truth doesn't benefit you personally unless you actually accept and act upon the truth. So what do we do? Well, like Naaman, eventually he obeyed God's word. What does God's word tell us that we must do in order to be saved from the sickness of sin? Well, first of all, we must understand that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Naaman would have never looked for a solution had he been in denial about being a leper. If, he, if nobody could convince him that he had a problem, that he had a sickness, he would have never found a cure. If he didn't look at his body and see the effects of that leprosy all over his body and feel the effects of that leprosy in his life, he wouldn't have sought out a cure. The first step to being saved is to realize that you're lost, to realize that you need Christ, to realize that there is something after this life, and that in order to be prepared for that, or in order to have freedom from sin today in this life, and have a changed life by Jesus Christ, you need to admit the fact that you are a sinner and that you do need God. Romans 3.23, we already read it, that there, there's none righteous, no, not one. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Many verses in the word of God tell us that we are all born sinners. What do we do? Well, Acts 17.30 says, In the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Now, that repent word is not used that often anymore in, in our day and age, uh, but it's a very important word. It doesn't just mean ask forgiveness. I can ask forgiveness for something and not really have my heart in it. Repentance is to, 
to have a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of attitude about your sin, to turn away from it completely and say, God, not only am I sorry that I've done that, but I don't ever want to do it again. I don't ever want to commit sin again. My heart is going to be yours from now on, Lord. Help me to be as pure as I can be. Help me to be as righteous as I can be. Help me not to go down that road again. True repentance is a change in your heart, in your mind, in your attitude concerning your sin. It's not just, Lord, forgive me and go on with my day. It's a true repentance. We need to understand that we're sinners. We need to repent of that sin and call on God. It's that simple. We need to we need to put our faith and trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you look in your Bibles with me at Romans chapter number 10, starting in verse number 9, this is one of my favorite passages concerning salvation because it's just so clear. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 9, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is not some difficult thing to understand. It's not some difficult thing to do as, as Naaman, you know, he thought, oh, well, I thought he'd come and do it this way. I thought he'd do it that way. I, why can't I use this river or that river? Naaman was trying to be real particular with how God healed him. And today a lot of people say, well, why can't I just join a church? Or won't God just see my good deeds? Or, well, I got baptized as a baby. Doesn't that count for anything? And the answer to all those is no. When it comes to salvation, God has made clear in his word, salvation of the soul is dependent upon what we do with, the, with our faith concerning Jesus Christ. Do we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ or do we not? Now, I'm not talking about just believing that he existed. I'm talking about believing in him as your savior, as the son of God, as Christ the lamb of God who came into the world to save sinners. You can be clean from sin today just as Naaman got cleansed from his leprosy. You can secure a home in heaven today. You can be saved from the effects of sin, the consequences eternally of sin. But what you have to do is heed the call of the witness. Obey the words of God and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ came to this earth, the sinless Savior, just to lay down his life for you and die on that cross for you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved.